swept the technique. Hey, Houston, you're live in the hive with the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Brennan on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Joe George and Joel Blank on the Killer Bees here with you till 3 o'clock. Jeremy will be back on Monday. You can find us on Twitter at Joe George Radio at Pac-Man. Joel, Texans training camp is officially less than a week away. And Joel, yes, who you want to pay? You what are pay, my options, Joe? You want to pay Stevie Nelson? He wants you to pay him. I don't think they're going to pay him. He's just going. He's going to. I don't know. Is it a sub? What do you call a sub? It's not a subtweet. If you're throwing shade on Instagram stories, is there a word for that? When he posted a, the the vest comment he made a couple yeah. weeks ago, I guess it's still like I'll still call it a subtweet. He's talking trash about Nick Casario and his vest game. Um. Do you think they'll try? I think the one guy we all would focus in on is is Titus Howard. Like, would you? He's the, it's the most a urgent. week away. I I'm fascinated what the what the Texans will do with Titus Howard this season because, you know, can you afford to have two highly paid tackles on one roster? I think salary cap wise, where you're at with the rookie quarterback, I think in theory you can. You just you don't often see a franchise invest that much in your left tackle and your right tackle. The question you know that I always ask is at what price? If he knows that he hasn't been top five, top ten tackle in the league, but he's been good. And he's he's also been kind of put in a very difficult situation of playing musical positions multiple years in his first years in the NFL to say if you'd have just, and I think his agent will probably argue this, if you just put him in one position and left him there the whole time, he might even be better, and he possibly could all you know do that for the rest of his career if left where he's supposed to be. And that's where, I, yeah, I would imagine the, the agent would definitely say that because the Texans probably would start that with, well, you haven't really only played right tackle, so we can't pay you just as a right tackle. We haven't seen enough there. And the response would be like, well, that's not our fault. Right, and like, the other you, thing you would be, well, have your numbers have decision. been okay, but they haven't been great to be getting what you want. And yeah. you could say, but you haven't played me where I'm supposed to be playing to be paid like I want to be paid. If you did, I could have done all those things. Yeah, I, I would. If I was Titus Howard, I would probably take a deal now if I'm looking at my career. Because if you have a down season in any way, shape, or form, and you head into free agency, because I don't think they would franchise tag so you head into free agency... And then, you know, the, the conversation with other teams would be that of like, well, you haven't really played right tackle the whole time. So, like, if I was the Texans, I would try to make that move right now. Now, people are going to say, well, do they have the cap space? Yes, they have the cap space. Look what the New Orleans Saints have done for the last five years. Yeah. They go into every season, like, owing the NFL money, and they find a way to get all these new deal done. But you know done. what, Joe? Here's the thing. If you don't get a deal done with him, also, if he does walk away, it's okay. you can find another right tackle. Because you already have a left tackle. Whether he deserves to be the highest paid left tackle in the game, Trent Williams, and other guys, it doesn't matter. You've got an above average left tackle. So right tackles are a whole hell of, hell of a lot more available and easier to find, and get a, and you can get a quality one. You're probably going to pay a little bit more. It'll be a shorter contract, but it'll probably be a better, more proven player in a lot of uh, situations because of free agency to where you can find another one of those. It's tough to get that franchise left tackle and get that right. 
frankly, if I'm Titus Howard, I kind of want to explore free agency because I want to see if someone's going to pay me like a to left tackle. be a tackle. left tackle, right. Like, you know, we saw, uh, was it uh, Orlando Brown, I think, did that? I think that's right. Was, was he playing Can't, right tackle with, Chiefs. with Baltimore? And then he went, and to, then the he went to the Chiefs yep. and moved to left tackle, yep. and now he's gone from there too. But, like, I would, you know, I would explore that if I were him because there's guys, look, you, where you're going to be at in the draft with the Cleveland pick, you're probably going to be, like, in tackle range. See, you bring up a good point because I was just focusing on free agency. But if he walks and That's you don't like who's out there year. on free agents, yeah, free agents, sure, everybody says you're supposed to go get a wide receiver. But depending on where you pick and what kind of players are available where you're picking, you might be more conducive to say, well, I'll just sure up the rest of my offensive line. I'm trying to make C.J. Stroud a superstar. I got to keep him upright. Yeah, I'm trying to get my offense the best chance to succeed with a new offensive coordinator doing a new system, which is more of a, a wide-ranging offense. I need my offensive line. And the other thing is you don't know what you're going to get out of your left guard. Well, so let's just go right into that then. Because so the Madden ratings are out. And, look, I don't really care. I think it's like do guys I think getting 99s are losing their mind. I think it's hilarious that Zach Martin from the Cowboys got a 99 on the same day that then Adam Schefter tweeted he, he ain't showing up to camp. Yep. Um, so the, the, I hear he's $7 million less a year than some of the best guys playing his position. Yeah. I mean, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Yeah. He doesn't need a new contract. There's no doubting that. Um, so the Texans Madden 2024 ratings, Laramie Tunsil is obviously the highest rated player in Madden. When's the last time you played Madden? Can't tell you. Okay. Josh. About three years ago. It's been a while. Last night for me. Shocker. Um, so married with kids, still playing video games. Yes, they don't go know to, how you do that. They go to sleep, and I play video games. I stay up till one o'clock in the morning, having a, a little little Joe time. Oh, a little Joe time. Is that what you refer to that thing as? No, nope. You're not talking about. You're talking about your joystick, not your joystick. Yep. Okay. I'm just trying to make sure I'm following along correctly. Yeah. Uh, Laramie Tunsil is a 95. Obviously. Best player on the Texans' offensive line. They also, you know, in terms of just like the individual pass blocking grade number they gave him in the game, they, he was number one and over like, Trent Williams, yeah. over other guys as a just a pass blocking okay. stat. But as an overall left tackle, I think I think Trent Williams was still. The so they had the best guy. and the worst in terms of pass blocking. Yeah, uh, Titus Howard they put in a seventy-five, Shaq Mason eighty-four. So like that's a solid start that's to your offensive line. Mm-hmm. Now, like Titus Howard is an average NFL player. Right now, I think he's a little bit above that, but compared to most people, how they yeah, view him, I think him, he's a little above. But I don't think you're. I'm losing any sleep if you say yeah, he's an average player. Like, like maybe like he's close to like an eighty with semantics here. But then you get to the bad stuff. Juice Scruggs, your starting center, At Madden views think. as a sixty-seven mm. overall player. Kenyon Green, less than that, a not so nice sixty-nine. Mm, boy. So, now, does Madden mean anything? No. But what does that mean is that you took a guy in the first round last year who they say is basically like the Madden ratings people who are basically just a bunch of like pro football-focused nerds that now work for EA Sports. They're saying that your left guard who you invested in last year in a first-round pick is almost the same player as your whatever round Juice Scruggs was. Rookie pick. center. Yeah, you're less than first round pick rookie center. That's not good. And like and you know what? It's totally warranted. It is a hundred. The rating is warranted. completely warranted. You wonder if in today's player 
that doesn't motivate him more than anything that anybody else could have done coaching-wise to get this dude to realize. Good kid. We had him in here before he right after he got drafted. Local kid, really good kid. But I just I, I'm sitting there scratching my head, going, "Does he get it? Like he's got to tighten up. He's got to get stronger first and foremost." And I know he played at A and M, and you look, and he because of that, he's a good run blocker. But we know it's a pass happy NFL, and if you don't know, you better learn, and you better be coachable, and you better be a quick study. And we haven't seen that yet. And this is going to be so big on Casario because he went with a guy that he didn't even go with a left tackle. He went with a guard. He took a guard as high as he did in the first round. And now he's not seeing the return on the investment and he's not getting anything out of him. If he doesn't get anything out of him for the entirety of this contract, starting with this year and then into next year, when the rest of your offensive line has been pretty short up, we know center's an issue. We'll see how that plays out. But we know that wasn't a first-round pick. We know when you take a guy in the first round, he's supposed to be a starter for you for like seven years. Yeah, and that's where you know I think it is my biggest question mark for the Texans this season, and I think it's going to be a big time game changer for them. You know, what does your left guard and center position look like if they're a total joke and they can't stop anyone, they can't run block effectively, they can't pass block? Like it is going just to make C.J. Stroud and Damian Pearson's life that much harder. So like while like, well, but we not... know Kenyon Green can run block. Yeah, but so I think I for Pierce, from a Pierce perspective, I think he'll be fine. Should be okay. But I think C.J. Stroud's the bigger concern because that's a that's a first round pick that you're counting on to be a stud. Yeah, and in order to hit for him to do his job, he can't just do his job without the help of an offensive line. And if Kenyon Green can't pass block, that's a problem. It, no, it's it's a huge problem, and it, and that's why it's. You just you want CJ Stroud to be set up for success in the best way possible. And I still think like when you look back at Texans history, he is like just from an offensive line perspective, he is set up for more success than Deshaun was and David Carr for sure. Like this offensive line is collectively better than what Deshaun had. It's obviously way better than what David Carr had. And and that should benefit him. But like without an elite wide receiver if the interior offensive line is falling apart, like it's just, it's going to crush him. And like, that's where it's, it's my number one question for this team this year is how does the left guard and center play collectively? And who is the other guy on the other side of Will Anderson that is getting pressure on the quarterback and trying to relieve some of the double teams that Will Anderson's going to face. Those are my two biggest questions. For the Texans yeah, it's, right it's now. It's unrealistic, I think, to expect that Jerry Hughes is going to do even what he did last year. Should be Grenard. Right? And, and Grenard fell off the planet last year. So you have guys on the roster that either were capable or could be capable. Yeah. But you actually probably need both of those guys to kind of get back to where they either have been or need to be. And from the perspective of the line that's going to blow up your entire offense. That's not just Stroud rise or passing wise. That blows up your entire offense for a team that expects to win this year with the pick that they gave up to make the moves that they made it on draft day. He's Joel Blank. You can find him on Twitter at Pacman Joel. I am Joe George filling in for Jeremy Branham on Twitter at Joe George radio. We got some Dylan cease trade suggestions, but also the Astros. Well, they're not exactly as close as they were uh, when the second half started behind the Texas Rangers. How you feeling about that? We hit on next year on the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5.
ESPN 975.com. I'm hungry. I'm going hungry. Killer bees. What about the murderous Jays? We've got Joel, Jeremy, and Joe. That's three Jays coming to you live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5. It's the Killer Bees and Murderous Jays. Joe and Joel here on the Killer Bees today. Josh no, no, Chevy, murder, behind murderous Jays, murderous Jays. Yes. Josh Chevy behind the glass. Josh is in there too. We're all part of the murderous Jays. Good point. Just don't let you say his last name. Chavance. Come on, man. I didn't say that at 11 a.m. Yeah, I did. Oh, no. I, no. Or oh, I think I did. I think I no, butchered tell. You butchered both. Probably. And then you got it kind of right. Um, so, the Rangers are taking care of business right now. Like, when you... They're playing good baseball again to start the second half. They sweep the Guardians. They beat the first... They beat the Rays their first two games of that series. Don't look, but the Orioles are about to be in first place in the AL East. Well, the Yankees are in last. What a time How to be alive. the Yankees falling to last place in the division? Life's good somewhere. I I hate New York fans for the most part. Oh, you should. They. I took this you out hate, of the you rundown. You hate Jets fans. I know that. Because I took this out of the rundown because there's more fun things to talk about. But there is betting odds coming out today for or yesterday for Joel Embiid if he's going to lead the 76ers. And it's the New York Knicks. And then you've got all these Yankees honks talking about how the Yankees are the World Series favorite. Yankees and, like, all of New York fans, like, they act like they deserve every star yeah. player. Like, Entitlement. Like they, like, they all thought they deserved Aaron Rodgers. Now, they got him for once, but they thought they deserved LeBron That's James. That's why you hate all Jets fans. I forgot. Oh, um, in case you missed it the first time. I heard but, it. But I just ignored it. You also have to remember when MLB came out with the best rotation in baseball I know. in the offseason, and the Yankees were number one. I know, but like it's just like these fans, like they're like, oh, big-name big name player? He's going to be a Nick, or he's going to be a Yankee. It's just it's so obnoxious that they think that like Joel Embiid is potentially going to get traded from the 76ers, and he's going to be a New York Nick. The biggest free agent you signed in my lifetime is Jalen Brunson. What's the Joel question? Congrats. Like, in, in all these trade hypotheticals. I don't know. At what price? In this case, well, what well, are the Knicks giving up to get Joel Embiid that the Sixers anything. want? You're not dealing with some middle-of-the-road Schmomo GM over Fellstone. You're dealing with Daryl Morey, who's already said— well, He's pissing me off, too. But Daryl is not going to get fleeced in a deal. And the Knicks don't have—because they're not going to give up Brunson. And they shouldn't. And, and, and Daryl doesn't want Randall. No one should. So how in the world do you get that deal done so that Philly says yes? Because the, the thing is, even if Embiid pulls a Harden and says, I want out, Daryl's not Rafael Stone. Daryl's going to get the no. best deal for the Sixers. No, but if Daryl knows that that's what he wants, he'll quit. He might do that, too. Because we'll, just, we'll, we'll move stuff around. We're going to do this at 2.15. Daryl Moore coming out and saying that he will not trade James Harden unless it keeps them a title contender, but he will... Like, but he acknowledged that James Harden wants to be elsewhere. It, like, if you're a Rockets fan, you should be pissed off because Daryl Moore quit on this franchise. 
He walked out the door, and I like Daryl. I've met Daryl. He's a nice guy. I've had the phone call. Hey, he? please delete that interview because I said stuff I'm not supposed to. And I said, sure, Daryl. Oh, wait, said, you did that too? Oh, yeah. I used to do that every said, other day. And he said, thank you, Joe. I appreciate it. But the fact that Daryl Morey is like so adamant now for the 76ers that he will not trade James Harden, and he was not willing to do that here, and instead of saying, like, he knew that was happening. He knew James Harden was going to demand a trade, and he said, you know what? I'm going to, quote, retire and go spend time with my family. And then he took the 76ers job like less than 30 days later. maybe we never had this conversation before you got here, okay? But let me tell you what really happened to where you can say what you said and you can believe that that Daryl just threw in the towel. I'm going to tell you that Daryl handled that situation like a boss. He played Tillman Fertitta like, oh, well, your, yeah, that like, I want to like your Madden video game. And he reaped the benefits of playing everything to the vest like a T. Like the fact that he knew that this owner didn't want him. The fact that he knew before the China comment that he wasn't in the best graces with the owner. But then once he made the China comments and Trump called him out on TV and said, does that guy still work for you? And Tillman had to hem and haw. And you knew it was embarrassing that you knew that Daryl knew, too, that his days weren't long, except for the fact that he had three years left on his deal at eight million dollars a year. So what did Daryl do? Daryl played the back channels and found out Philly, desperately in need of a, a basketball guy, would not only be willing to hire him, but at four million dollars more a year for two extra years than what he had left on his deal for a five year deal. And so he went to Tillman. He went, hey, Till, let's talk, babe. Now, you, you you don't like me, and you don't want me here, but I know that I've got you because I've got money. How about you give me, say, you owe me about 30-some. Give me 10 to 12, and I'll walk. Tillman thinks about it and goes, I got to do that. I'll I, take it. I take the yeah. 10 tw- Daryl Morey takes the 10 or $12 million. He puts it in his back pocket. He goes, thanks for the going away, President. Two weeks later, he gets a new deal, more money, longer term, better situation, all the control, and a $4 million a year raise, and goes, gotcha. It's not that Daryl didn't play it right personally. It's just, like, the fact that, James, you knew this was coming when you were in Houston, that he was going to demand a trade at some point, because you got him Dwight Howard, you got him Chris Paul, you got him Russell Westbrook, and it flopped and flopped and flopped, and you never accomplished anything that actually mattered besides hopeful that they won a series if Chris Paul didn't tear his hamstring or whatever. I wish Daryl would have done just what he's doing now back then and be like, James, we're not trading you unless we can stay a title contender. But he didn't trade And I know he didn't trade James, but he walked as soon as – but he knew it was coming. Like, I know know all that stuff's true, that, like, he he knew him and Tillman's relationship was not great. But, like, I really do believe that he knew the Rockets were at a point where – they were going to have to do whatever James Harden said and trade him for nothing. And I just wish more teams would be like how Daryl's being now with James See, but- and how Portland is being with Dame and saying, look, Miami, we're not just going to give you Dame Lillard for Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero. Here's the thing. Daryl may now have to actually face what he avoided in the scenario that you're painting right now for what happened here. Because Daryl avoided having to deal with someone that he was attached to like his Whoopi and his teddy bear when he was a baby in the fact that James was like his, his special friend. Yeah. 
and he got away from that before anything had to be done to where his name could be attached to getting rid of his favorite player maybe of all time. Now he's going to face a situation where he's going to have to do that anyway. And on top of that, he may get the James Harden treatment from his best player because Embiid might come to him and say, I want out, I want to trade, I want to go to this team, and you better get it done. And now we need to see how big the cajones are on Daryl Morey because now you got to trade your favorite player and you got to see what you can get for him to try and salvage a franchise that hired you at this exorbitant amount of money to be the difference maker and the savior. And then on top of that, you also got to get something for the MVP center that you have. But if you do it his way to be appeasing to him, you're not going to get for him what you could probably get from other teams that doesn't put him in the situation that he wants to be in. And that's where you got to be a tough businessman and say, I don't care where you want to go. This is what Rafael Stone couldn't do. And it was unfair because it was yeah. his first year doing that job. I will say, if I, if I was Daryl, though, right now, I would just trade James for whatever. See, if and you're the like, Clippers, the only reason why you're talking to the Sixers is, one, you know you can get him. And, two, you don't have to give up Kawhi or Paul George. And if Daryl wants Kawhi or Paul George, end of, end of discussion. I just don't understand how James Harden wants to end up with the Clippers like they just signed Russ. He and Russ can get, first of all, Russ got sideways with James. I know, but like. And James didn't like it because Russ called him out on all his BS. But like, are they going to roll out a starting lineup with Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George? Tell me that that's not good, though. Who is Paul George your power forward? I mean, it's small ball, but. I, it's, I mean, and look, I mean, if yeah. you put, if you put uh, Zubats at the center, or, or, or you, you've got a big, rebounding, bulky center that can do things for you. That's a that's an above average team in the West. Yeah, and, and look, Westbrook's played played pretty well actually year la, last the year for the Clippers. And, and when you look at the team, like the amount of days off that those four guys, like how many games? If there's, if let's say they play ninety games to, next year, they play eight games in the playoffs where they get knocked out. How many games those four guys play together out of like ninety? Kawhi, Paul George, James Harden. Oh, it Harden. can't be that. I mean... Is it like 10? It, it's probably as low 15? as some of the numbers we saw out of Brooklyn after they broke up Kyrie, KD, and James. Yeah. I think over the course of their they tenure in Brooklyn, games. they played... Yeah, it was like, 13 or 14 yeah, games. Yeah, it was like less than 20 games. Yeah, but it's crazy. It's like their efficiency numbers in Brooklyn, they they would have been the greatest offense of all time if they would have played a full season together. If Butts Candy's nuts, right? But they only played 14 games. I, I, I look at this and say, it makes total sense... For James to want to go there. But it also makes sense for the Clippers to say, I'm not giving you Paul or Kawhi in the deal. So, how, you know, is it still possible? Maybe. I, honestly, like if I'm the Clippers, pass. Well, let me, let me rephrase that for you, Joel. If I'm an NBA team and Daryl Morey calls me about James Harden, pass. That's bigger. Because Daryl, look, man. as much as you might like or dislike Daryl Morey, Daryl Morey's ability to fleece almost any team he deals with has been unbelievable. His fleecing of a team right now might just be them just taking James Harden. Now, the, on the flip side of that, he also oh, he got, got used when he had to give away Russell Westbrook and give picks to get someone to take him. Well, and what they gave up for him. It, it's that's where you that's where Daryl saw the writing on the wall, like he was in so much total go for it mode that he's. It's one of those moves as a GM where you go, well, I won't be here when those picks are coming up, so I got to do what I got to do to save well, my was, ass and win a chip. Was that Magic Johnson when they asked him like, and he was like, I'm gonna be here. I can't remember what I don't remember what that was about. I think it was about Le, was it about LeBron? And then that was basically when he was like, "Oh, I quit yesterday." Like I love Magic Johnson. He's such yeah. a 
He's something, man. His tweet, his tweets are electric, electric, like uh, like uh, Arrays is in, yeah. in Miami. Because Magic Johnson just tweets the most like obvious, simple sports takes that, like anyone with a brain would have. But they're but they're so funny because you think he's like a, you can tell that Magic thinks he is being highly intelligent every time he tweets. Like he just he tweets the most basic things. I just I love it. He's All smart, right. dude. WTF Wednesday. It's next. He's Joel. I'm Joe George. It's the Killer Bees here on ESPN 97.5. ESPN 97.5.com. If you want in, you have to audition. Hi, I'm Carrie Dubeck, and I'm reading for the role of man at party who smells fart. Anyone can have a hot take on sports. You're going to continue to be a bunch of soft, underperforming, tattooed millionaires? But that's not what these guys are about. Joel and Jeremy are real, actual human beings, guys that have lives, families, and feelings and stuff. So it's WTF Wednesday. WTF, why the face? Where these guys let you in on their non-sports interests, goals, and dare I say it, dreams. But more than likely, they're going with all of the WTF moments of the past week. It's WTF Wednesday. Why the face? With the Killer Bees. WTF Wednesday here on the Killer Bees. Joe George and Joe Blank. Jeremy out. Back on Monday. I'll be hanging out with you guys tomorrow. Patrick in on Friday. The WTF Wednesday. We got two things here, and then anything else that stands out. What what made you go why the face this week? 713-780-3776. Joel, I'm gonna I'm gonna first introduce you to some of the worst people on the planet. And I am a believer that everyone Jet should fans? behave on an airplane, oh. no matter what. But I would never be able to live with myself if I heard this. We were both young, I first saw you. I closed my eyes and the flashback starts to sit in there. On the balcony, summer. What the hell is that? You're what getting the face is, already. Is is a Taylor Swift bunch of fans stuck on an airplane. Their flight was delayed. So while they're sitting on the plane, they broke out in song. No. no. They just decided all the Swifties to break <laughs> out it off his glasses to, for me. To break no. out to break out in song. Like love story. Are you Whatever a Swifty? She's all right. No, are you a Swifty? No. You I'm listen not. to her music? Not, not not by choice. Like, if it comes up on Pandora or Spotify. My boy Nick Shirara used to think she was hot. Well, yeah, that's a different conversation. She has the flattest rear end on the planet. Yeah, but she's got legs for days. Woo. Okay. Uh, aside from money, what else does she have, Joe? Legs. Okay. Uh, I'm not a Swifty. I am subjected to it because my daughter listens to my daughter Taylor, not named after Taylor Swift, by the way, listens to listens to Taylor Swift a lot. Yep. It's annoying. I couldn't identify but maybe a couple of the songs that she sings in the car. Other than that, I am not a Swift fan. These Swifties are over I mean, they're over the top. Oh. It's ridiculous. You know what you know what it is? It's like Astros Twitter to the Astros, but on a worldwide basis. You go and do anything, say anything, address anything negatively about Taylor Swift, look the hell out. Did you see the concert ticket prices for Taylor Swift? Oh, yeah. I've seen them. I couldn't believe them. 
I talked to parents that paid them. I'm like, it's price. Nope, not that. Nope, not doing that. I mean, at least like I feel like you actually got your money's worth. I heard she performed for like three hours. Oh, she does do a long show. But can I tell you this? My my boy and his his he was like so gleaming the other day. He he doesn't live here in Houston. Uh, we were talking on the phone. He goes, "Man, my wife gets the All World Award." And I go, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "So you know they did all these lotteries for because of Ticketmaster with all yeah. these tickets. So they live in one city, but aside from their city, she also put in for the lotteries for New York, smart for Nashville, and for like one other even small, a slightly smaller market than theirs." So that she kind of played the field saying, if we get in one of these, we could probably uh, assume that we might consider a flight or to do something for the girls. Because he's got daughters. She hit on three of the four. They only went to one concert. They paid for everything for theirs and made money. Oh, yeah. Had to. She paid. She hit the lottery literally and got tickets in three of the four cities that they, she entered in. Which in itself is like almost like winning the the reg, real lottery. Yeah, a buddy of mine sold like he got tickets flipped, for flipped them in two cities yeah. to make like double triple, and then paid for everything for the kids for the show and souvenirs and the whole works and still made money. Yeah. That's an all world play. I got, I got a buddy who was he got he he did the same thing. Him and his brother, and they were going to take their girlfriends' wives to go see Adele when she first started mm-hmm. in Vegas, and they won two lotteries and. No, she ended up canceling the tour, so it became complicated. Or she's her, back now. She, but she did like it for that a while, opening yeah. weekend. Yeah. They 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 resold four of their tickets for a quadruple their worth for that first weekend of Adele. People are crazy, man. Like I know, I know. I did that for the Super Bowl in Dallas. It's a Super Bowl. And yeah, I love. And, and I, I was literally I that music. was easy money for the Super Bowl. Yeah, and I love music, but like I, I couldn't imagine sitting at the top of. NRG and like looking, I saw you two like at NRG. It ain't great if you're not right on the field or right close to the yeah. stage. And I, mean, and I love going to the rodeo. So you love going to the rodeo? Yeah, it's my for music. concerts. Yeah, I like those concerts. You can watch them on. You are watching them on TV. It's no, not really a concert. I sit close. Oh, okay. You get you get to get close to the spin around stage where you get less than an hour of yeah, your favorite performer. One time I was so close that during the rodeo. As the, the horses were running by. One had, pooped on you. No, nah, man, but like it went flaunt. Some of the poop went up in the air and it landed in my beer. I had to throw it out. Yeah, that's great aim by the horse. It was just kicked up with dirt. But you it sure was, it wasn't targeted? I hope not. I think it was a targeted attack, Joe. It was tough. It was not fun. Now, do you, will you still have the same pull to get those kind of tickets now that you're on a real powerhouse? I think actually that, that con- when that happened, I worked here. And I think we just paid for them. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um. Uh, one more. One. Speaking of concerts, we got one more piece of audio from another one. Maybe the most spoiled brat on the planet now. Something bound to fall apart. I'm gonna stop right here for a sec, Danny. I'm sorry. These girls are worried about the selfie and not listening to the song. It's pissing me off a little bit. That is, so this is a country this is music performance. Miranda Lambert doing her show 
She stopped singing a song to shame these like two girls taking selfies because like they're excited to be at her show and they're not attentively listening. Why? Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty BS right there. Like first of the all, the girls I, left. Good. First for them. of all, I guess you love. Oh, they did. Yeah. No, oh. I just saw these on Barstool. I mean, you're a country fan. I didn't know this. Yeah. I think less of you. Uh, the fact that you don't like Zach Brown. My wife loves you like Morgan to Wallen. To Zach Brown. No, I'm not into all that. Kane Brown. No. Sorry. Negative. The older country, maybe a little bit, but still not much. But definitely not all those people that you named and all the other ones that, that are doing the CMAs and all that. Yeah. But like that's pretty BS that you're going to stop a concert for that. Like I saw now again so as much as I just kind of said that I'm not a, a Swifty. I did see that there was a little girl that was trying to. I don't know if she had a sign or something like that, but she was trying to connect with Taylor Swift, and Taylor Swift stopped at the at the end of the song. Went down where she was sitting off stage, signed her hat, yeah. gave the kid the hat, did some nice things. That's all great. I love that kind of stuff because now you get the fact that you wouldn't be there without the people that are going crazy for you. I saw one. I think it was like Luke Bryan or I can't remember who it was, but someone, he asked for like a dip in the middle of his concert. Oh, yeah, I thought it was gum it was and he a, signed it. It's no, a Vikings it was, fan. Uh, Who's, he's a Vikings fan was, and he just yeah. remade Tracy Chapman's yeah, fast cars. It wasn't Luke Bryan, but... It was it was uh, like the pouch like nicotine, um, so it wasn't like a full dip, but like someone threw it to him and then he signed the can and threw it back. Well, it, I, maybe great. it was. I thought it was gum because the guy that that I'm referring to, he I saw him sign it, but then I thought it was yeah. it was that someone no, had it's the like gum. A, it's like a replacement. Oh, okay. In theory, got it. But yeah, those people suck. The airplane people are the worst, though. That would be honestly like one of the worst. I miss concerts, though. Like, before, Lisa's not a very, she's just not concerts and movies. I was all about concerts and movies. There wasn't a concert that I wanted to see in Houston that I didn't see in all my years when I was single. What's the best concert you've ever been to? I'll tell you this. I I will say this. I've been to, like I said, a ton of them. I think the best concert, just for, like, the length of time and the show and everything like that, Janet Jackson wrapped up her tour here in Houston with two back-to-back nights in the Woodlands. Those shows went three and a half plus hours, and she sang every song and put everything into it and changed like all, the the stage presence, the all the different sets, everything that she did. It was one of the most amazing shows I've ever seen. Josh, do you have a favorite concert? I don't think I do. That's one thing I wanted to do in my twenties to start going to more concerts. I yeah, never had I, that privilege. I wasn't big on it. Like the most I ever like the, my favorite concert. Ever, it was really my, my one of my first ones ever. We met me and a couple of my buddies. We went to the 2020 tour at Soldier Field, so it was Jay-Z and Justin Timberlake. That I was, saw that one. I saw Jay-Z and Kanye. Um, I'll tell you this. Coldplay in concert is amazing, and they do things that you don't expect. It's like, you know, the different things. Like, when I saw Motley Crue, I see Motley Crue a lot. Yeah. Motley Crue, when Tommy Lee's drum set would go up, oh, raised cool. up across the stage, go over the crowd, spin up and down, do 360s, do all this stuff, and he played the drums the entire time. You're like, holy bleep, that's cool. Coldplay would randomly, and obviously working in the Toyota Center, we knew what was going to happen, and we kind of knew where they were going to do it, but they would set up a, a temporary stage in the middle of the crowd somewhere like in one of the sections, and they would do a full song, and you're like, my God, they're like within arm's reach, sitting there right there singing Yellow or singing Clocks, and you're going, that's pretty damn cool. Yeah. Coldplay's a great show, too. The one thing I did, I'm not into, like, I'm not, I don't have a big issue with crowds, but I tried 
like in college to go to like Lollapalooza. That ain't my scene. It never was like the big concert festival. Yeah, the festival shows. You got to get there early to get to the front, and then it's like once you're there, you're stuck. Lisa's parents live about a mile from Coachella. (laughs) Oh, you told me this. And when you see what those kids are doing and and the environment, like you said, once you get into the actual venue and you have to stay there and how funky it gets and how the parking lot becomes community everything from who's got food to haven't showered in a while to, hey, let's run down the road to Starbucks and you can smell them coming in the door. You're like, wow, I'm not up for all that. Yeah. All right. The Astros are four and a half games back of the Rangers. How you feeling? About that, do you believe that they still can catch them, or just what's your state of the Astros right now in, in pursuit of the AL West? That's next year on the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Is it football season yet? No feeling for the game at all, man. You'll win, but it'll just be numbers on a scoreboard. Numbers, that's all you care about, man. That's not enough for me. Welcome back, Houston. These guys missed you over the last break. It's the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. An important concert news. I just saw this on Twitter. Creed is back. Creed is reuniting, Joel. Is that good or bad? (laughs) It's probably bad. Like, they take a lot of, they take a lot of strays. A lot of people kill them. I saw them in concert at the Cynthia Woods, and it was a really good show. And there was a time there. I, I had the CD. There was a t- Scott Stapp when he wasn't uh, nuts. That, that, he had uh, a very distinctive voice. That was a good show. I, I love the video from that that Cowboys game. From It was the Thanksgiving in like the early 2000s. It's so funny. Like They have the people on like those white cloths like going like throughout the Cowboys stadium. It's just so – I love Creed. See, the so, thing, bad so, so Creed and Nickelback both get the same amount of strays. You get killed if you like them, but there are also people that are like, they're afraid to admit it, but, they, oh, yeah. but they, they listen to their music. I think most people like Nickelback and they just act like they hate them. Yeah, I mean. Because it's like, it's like the cool, there are certain things that are cool to hate on. They're really a hate trend for Nickelback. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's a hate, there's a hate trail for Nickelback and a hate trail for Creed, yeah. for sure. You know, Absolutely. Paul, you know, Paul loves Creed. Paul just admitted that on Twitter that when he did stand-up, he had Creed as his intro song. Well, Josh Ennis loved uh, Nickelback. Shocker. Yeah, right. So there you go. Two different strokes for different folks. Honest, Double Rods was killing so. me because I, uh, of the Coldplay shows. Coldplay's an amazing concert, and they're extremely talented. I don't, you know, I've seen Stevie Wonder and McCartney for the old schoolers and Elton John, but I've also seen Jay-Z and Kanye and, 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 you know, and everything in between from Janet Jackson to I'd see Adele. I think she's phenomenal. But talent is talent. And if you like music, what's wrong with having a wide variety of musical interests? I'm not trying to impress you. I'm trying to listen to music that I like to listen to. Facts. All right. So the Texas Rangers, well, they're up one nothing early. It's the bottom of the third against the Tampa Bay Rays. And the Astros are four and a half games back of the division. And that's happened very quickly because the Rangers have won five straight and the Astros have played, what, so they're five right, Are they playing right now? Yeah, they're up one nothing. Boy, the, the Rays are falling off. If the Rays lose, get swept, the Rays will have, have lost, I think, 13 of 15. 
And the Orioles are up four to two right now over, I think it's the dot. Yeah. Over the Dodgers and the Orioles would be in, uh, it looks like, Oh, the internet here's awesome. They'd be, the Orioles would be, looks like tied for or possibly in first base in first place. You get this thing called a computer right in front of you. That seems to be working for me. It's not working either. I can get the text line and the Twitch and that's about it. But how do you feel about the Astros right now? Four and a half games back. You feel like they can still win the division? I think that for me, this is the year that they have to do more than insurance. This is the year that says to me, the American League is wide open. There's a lot of really good, kind of evenly matched, matched, balanced teams. And in order to be who you've been for the last last six plus years, I think you have to do something more than an insurance policy. You've got to identify the fact that you have real, true, legit problems to deal with when it comes to a corner outfielder, when it comes to starting pitching. I'm not as focused on the bullpen, but because of the way the bullpen's been hot and cold, it wouldn't even hurt to see if you could add an arm there. But of the two major priorities for this team, I believe that they both have to be addressed for this team to continue to do and go as far as they've been doing for the last six years. Um, yeah, I think the bullpen thing is just its just how taxed they are. That's a big like, part it, of it. It's, it's not even necessarily... It's that not just need, one guy. It's not that you need necessarily an upgrade. It's that like you just need to give these guys a breather. Like They just... They have four of the top ten in appearances in all of Major League Baseball in the Astros' bullpen. That's just tough to ask for so much from that set of guys. And, and look, that's the big thing with the Astros this year. Like, Christian Javier, Hunter Brown, Brian Abreu, Presley, they're all on pace to just shatter personal career highs in innings pitched. And that's where, like, the Astros' biggest struggle is at this point is they're just gassed out, man. Like, they've pitched more than any team in baseball the last six years. That's what happens when you are constantly the best team in the American League is that you go to six straight ALCSs and you're pitching more than Garrett Cole and the Yankees. You're pitching more than anything. Look, the Rangers aren't taxed. They have, they don't have a guy on their roster besides Corey Seager that's accomplished anything in their career, basically. But you're having guys, whether it's career years or... Oh, yeah, they're playing out of their mind. Seager was... Okay, last year Simeon was good last year, but overall you overpaid for both those guys. But you've got Garcia now. You've got two All Stars that are young up and coming players at key positions, third base yeah. and catcher. So you you got Jonah Heim, you got Young at third, and it's all come together. You thought with Degrom that they might be flirting with a, a wild card spot, but because the offense which has carried them, which is the main story, Degrom's gone, and yet they haven't missed a beat. Because the offense has been so damn good. So you have to respect them. That's why I'm concerned. Because now, for the first time, basically in, since this run, with the with the exception of like the COVID year, and there were a time or two where you had to really fight to the bitter end to, to keep the A's out. You look at it and say, the Astros got work to do because the division is what you should be worried about first before you start worrying about the bigger fish to fry. Whereas in the past, it was just like, when do we have to play the Yankees? When do we have to, you know, play someone that's good to get to the to the American League Championship Series or to the World Series? But other than that, you weren't worried about your division or where you were going to fall with home field. This is all the stuff that makes it hyper important that we're not just looking for insurance policies. The thing about this this team and like where they're at right now, like obviously you'd still like to get a bye week, and that is really I think when you talk about chasing down the AL West, that's what we're really talking about, right? Like. Winning the AL West doesn't actually matter. Like No one's going to lose any sleep because the Astros didn't win the AL West. It doesn't really mean anything. All that matters is that you make the playoffs, but you would like to get that bye week. 
the Rangers are just playing good enough right now, Joel, that like I don't I've said it before and then it looked like the Astros were gonna catch him before the break. I just don't think the Astros are gonna win the division this year. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like I think I still think if they make the playoffs, they're one of the best teams in the American League. They're obviously the most proven team. You know, the Orioles have accomplished nothing. The the Rangers have accomplished nothing. The Yankees suck. Like I'm not worried about the Guardians or the Twins. If the Astros are in the playoffs, even if they have to play in a three-game wild-card series, I still believe they're going to be, in my opinion, the favorites to come out of the American League. Yeah, I'm a little... See, here's the thing. I was adamant about the fact that at the end of the day, they're still going to come out of the American League and they're still going to go to the American League Championship Series. But I get a little bit more concerned... Sure. ...because of everything that I just said, because of the fact this isn't like other years. This isn't... Every year is its own entity. And in, in the past, you were the boss, and you were basically scoffing at whoever was knocking on your door trying to get in your chair. Now you got someone already sitting in your chair that you're trying to uproot and dethrone before you even start worrying about, what do I have to beat the Rays? Do I have to beat another team on the way to getting to where we've been and and gotten used to going? And and that's a bigger concern for me. That's why it's a bigger issue right now. I would tend to agree, but I just think the Astros have put themselves in a category of Tom Brady and LeBron James that – until someone beat LeBron, it was idiotic to pick against LeBron. Until someone beat Tom Brady, it was idiotic to beat like to pick against Tom Brady in the playoffs. The Astros are the same category. Like it's like I don't I just don't care. Like where as long as they're in, they are the best team. And until someone can knock them out, even before they get to the ALCS, I just don't buy it. Like if if that's the standard is to get to the ALCS for a seventh straight time. I think they can absolutely do that. He's Joel Blank. I am Joe George. It's the Killer Bees here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Jordan Alvarez back in or back for a rehab assignment or Keedy back for a rehab assignment. Jose Altuves will start soon. But if that cease, Robert Trey, whatever, Bellinger can't get done. Can those three guys be enough? We hit on it next here on the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5. Hey, right before we go to the break, tell you about my good friend, Doc Linville. Look, you might not know what the Neo, Neograph procedure is. But you might need to know what the neograph procedure is in short work because of the fact that it could be a game changer for you. If you're losing your hair, you're thinning, you're balding, you think your only option, shave it off, get the sprays and the creams and foams that mask it, and there's no solution and no turning back the clock. There actually is. The neograph procedure that Doc Linville does, and I really think he's the best at doing it, is simply put, taking your hair where you're never going to lose it. And on genetically, you're never going to lose it on the sides and the back. And then moving it and putting it where you need it most. It could be in the front on your hairline. It could be up on top. But the bottom line is, once you do the procedure, the hair is going to be there for the rest of your life. It's going to stay. It's going to grow. It's coming from a place where it never leaves. I just told you that. And it's going to a place where you could never need it more than you need it now. And it's a great procedure. To me, it was painless. To me, the results you could start seeing immediately, but in six to nine months, were very, very visible. Stronger, longer hair that really makes a difference. And the big thing is, as listeners of ESPN 97.5, you get a free consultation with Doc Linville and his staff. It normally costs 150 bucks. You can get all the the answers, ask all the questions, figure out if it's right for you, and it won't cost you a a single penny out of your pocket. You're not on the hook for anything. Just go to 975hair.com and register for an appointment. Go in, ask the questions, get the answers. The big one that got me, 95 to 99% of all the follicles that they move are going to stay and grow. And like I said, be with you for the long haul. That's why I did the procedure. I couldn't be happier with it. Granado is happy with his. You can be the next in line. Check them out today and tell them I sent you by. It's the good people. Go to cdoclinville975hair.com. 
ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Sweet sassy molassie. Penguin goalie Peter Scudra says, hey, try not to shoot that puck up my pooper. I'll shoot the puck anywhere 